0: This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse95. Assalamu alaikum hana wala, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. Today on the Relationships Masterclass, we talk working with your spouse, with most of us spending more time at work than we do anywhere else. The likelihood of meeting your future spouse at work or working with them is is higher than ever, but then the challenges of working with your romantic partner could take a toll on your work. How do you survive it without killing each other or leaving your job? Dr. Sheetal Keeney, clinical psychologist and couple specialist at Lighthouse Arabia is back to tell us how it's done next on Life Beats on Pulse 95. with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Now, considering uh, the immense time that we spend at work, it seems somewhat inevitable that we end up marrying someone who we might share an office with. Just think... Barack and Michelle Obama, Bill and Melinda Gates, Beyonce and Jay-Z even. A 2012 study from Workplace Options revealed that 84% of millennials say that they're open to the possibility of engaging in an inter-office relationship compared to just 36% of Gen X workers and 29% of baby boomers. So, these numbers really tell you that modern attitudes towards workplace romances are shifting. And if these are on the climb, then it stands to reason that more and more people are going to end up working with their spouse. So, Dr. Shiatalkini is here, she is back to tell us how to get through it. Good to have you. It's so good to be here, Sally, thanks. <laughs> this is uh, such an interesting and very tricky topic, mm-hmm. and uh, it depends on who you ask, but people are really split on this one. Some people say that working with your spouse is one of the, the best things ever, while others have this really strict, absolutely no relationships you know, outside of the workplace with the people that you work. Right, so how, <laughs> where do we start with all of this?
1: You know, the, the kind of split that you're talking about, um, people either really feel strongly about it, like you don't even have to think about it, it's a no-brainer, I will never work with my partner, mm. um, versus people who are like, yeah, sure, it'll be so fun. Uh, The fact of the matter is that it's actually not black and white at all. And there's just so many factors to think about before you can really answer that question. So, um, you know, if you're thinking about meeting your partner at work versus deciding to work in the same field or in the same company after you've started dating, that's, again, you know, uh, there's a difference there between why you even end up in that position Mm. um, and Again, when you think about long term relationships versus short term relationships, um, if you're thinking about working together in a business as opposed to working together in the same company, being a peer or being a superior and subordinate, uh, being on the same team or being on two sides of the same operation. There are just so many factors to think about.
0: Exactly. Uh, so uh, let's kind of start with the whole idea um, of, uh, say, meeting at work. Okay. For example, the, the Michelle and Barack example, the right. Bill and Melinda example, where you know one was the superior and one was the subordinate. You know, right. in this case, one was the mentor, one was the mentee, if you like. Um, that can be super tricky. I mean, it's kind of I don't know. To me, that's like dangerous waters to get into. Yes. <laughs>
1: um, obviously, you're you're more vulnerable as the subordinate, whoever that may be. Um, and I think it this this part actually is probably one of the most trickiest, and, and people probably um, end up in this situation not having thought about it in a very conscious way. You know, you mm-hmm. just sort of fall in love, and then you just deal with the with the consequences. Um, but if, even if it does happen, there's so many aspects to the relationship, the communication, and the personality types involved that would really determine the course of whether or not the two people either change their jobs or end up leaving each other.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you'd kind of have to really think... Uh I would be of the mind that you'd kind of have to bring one of those things to the fore if the relationship gets serious. Right. Then you'd kind of have to really rethink that that kind of work relationship and and because I can't see any way that that is going to work together, right? Well,
1: again, it depends on, you know, thinking about Bill and Melinda or Barack and Michelle, obviously, their career trajectories kind of went their separate ways mm. and, you know, they kind of bloomed and blossomed over um, in life. But it, it also depends on if, if this kind of, so imagine, you know, if there is the, the husband who is the boss and the wife who is the uh, subordinate in any, any kind of way. Um, there's obviously a power differential. So that's one of the biggest things with a superior subordinate relationship is at work you need to have that hierarchy and that power differential and then at home you want to be egalitarian and equal with each other. How do you maintain those boundaries and how do you switch? Exactly. How easy is it for you to switch or do you actually continue with those roles at home?
0: It, it's You've got to ask yourself that question and particularly if it's um, a, a male-female Right. Uh, relationship where you've got the the female is in the superior position. Right. That can be really difficult for some men to handle. <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. Uh, you know, in terms of your wife makes more than you. She's in a higher position than you. Right. That can feel that can feel pretty um, intimidating. It could. But at the same
1: time, really, it depends on. The personalities involved, as I was saying. Yeah. Um, You know, there could be someone who's really type A driven, once, uh, like super ambitious, and that could be the female Mm -hmm. um, who really, you know, is more work focused and. Maybe the husband is more laid back, or maybe is comfortable, or doesn't really care about being a superior, um, and maybe more family oriented, and they they have a good uh, division of labor, and it works out that one of them has more work
0: responsibility, and one of them can pitch in at home more. There are two kind of different sides. Some people say who do work with their spouse, they say actually there's kind of more of an intimacy because you do see um, more of them at work and, and you do get to have that insight into what's going on, you know, leaving apart the, the kind of the superior subordinate relationship, but kind yeah. of more as equals right. uh, in work as well. Um, but then some say that actually you're taking home too much. It just all spills over. So how do you kind of, Um, separate those two spheres because you don't want to be sitting at the dinner table and talking about your problems at work, do you?
1: Exactly. So uh, what's what's interesting is that there's so many, there are many pros associated with um, working with your partner. Um, And at this point, I'm I'm just going to just to make our conversation easier as well. Let's just consider working in the same company Right. Um, and not really in a superior subordinate, but sort of a peer relationship even. Mm-hmm. So there are many pros associated with that. One of them being an increased understanding and an increased um, intimacy. Yeah. So now when you're talking about that person at work that is oh so annoying or whatever your partner really gets like oh my gosh i think they're annoying too (laughs) (laughs) or the fact that you know you can grab lunch together you can actually see each other's faces in today's busy day a busy world it's so hard to really see your uh, spouse so in that sense yes that's really great um but at the same time it it's so important again how good your boundaries are And how good your communication is about what do we do about this, um, about the fact that when one of us is really stressed about work or Mm. when one of us um, cannot switch off, what happens then when we go home? You know, can we actually have a conversation about what is off limits? And this part actually is um, sometimes people think it's fine, you know, because we're both on the same page and we both like to do this. um, So it's okay. And that's the there are two kind of um, the trains of thought uh, or two schools of thought. Uh, there's one school of thought that you know you must have heard opposites attract. Yep. But then there's also the psychological theory that's like based on similarities. So you like what is similar to you. Uh-huh. Which is why you're always looking for things in common, whether it's with friends or whether it is with your partner. So people typically fall in one of two categories. So if they're the kind that actually like variety like they they are attracted to what's different from them they they really look for that Mm -hmm. Um, they may have a higher likelihood of an issue with being with their partner at work all the time same stuff come home same conversation and that might again a personality difference versus there's some people who love it oh my gosh you know you totally get it and we we talk about the same things and it's it's great it's easy it's comfortable it's comforting it's Reassuring that, you know, you're like me.
0: Yeah. You get and that me. you get what I'm going through at work as well. And
1: I get to see you all the time. Yeah. And I want to see you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> There's some people who do not want to see their partner all the time. So you think about increased
0: intimacy. Is it really increased intimacy? For some it may be. Yeah. For some, they may want to miss their partner. Exactly. And I think um, this is what's really interesting. It's kind of like sparking all of these questions. Right. That you really need to... Ask yourself Absolutely. before you get into this. Some people have to work with their spouse. Some people start businesses with their spouse. And that's something we're going to get into later in terms of the difference, yes. you know, between being entrepreneurs together and starting a company um, versus being in the same company, uh, working in the same space as, as well. Um, there's a lot to talk about. The person who actually kind of inspired uh, this particular discussion, I'm to do it, one of our favorite presenters here on Pulse95, uh, he actually said to me, I refuse to train my wife. <laughs> Coming up next, we're going to hear why that is. This is really great. More next on Life Beats. Pulse 95. Life Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. So we are talking, uh, working with your spouse. And the reason that we're doing this show is because it was inspired by one of our favorite presenters here on Pulse 95, Omar Ad-Douri, who presents the halftime show. Um, So for those who don't know, he is a football coach and a personal trainer. And so um, his wife, Maria, that's actually kind of how they met. Uh, she's a, an athlete and a football player. Um, and she was hoping for a long time that he would train her. Let's take a listen from the two of them and see how that happened.
2: It all started three years ago. I asked Omar if he could train me and yeah so omar's always made it really clear you know that he doesn't necessarily like to train friends family members um his partner um it's just something that you know he never wanted to do and so you know i felt with like a little bit of persuasion you know i could convince him you know to train me because when i was around him like you know i always found myself like working a little bit harder you know and actually wanting to train Uh, and this is just from like being in his coaching sessions for soccer I figured when we started dating that I could (laughs) be able to convince him to train me and And then it went downhill (laughs) (laughs) it didn't go downhill but (laughs) it just slowly tumbled (laughs) um it slowly rolled downhill um but no I think Omar kept it very professional, but I think it was something that I took advantage of, um, and didn't appreciate, you know, the sacrifices that were being made, um, because I felt like, you know, he's going to love me no matter what, like I can be a brat, I can do whatever I want, um, but it also, I think the biggest part was, you know, I took one of his prime slots for training, which was like either 7 a.m. or 8 a.m., um, and he did his best to accommodate me and Omar not necessarily being such a morning person at in all, the, <laughs> at all. <laughs> She's um, being polite. and there'd be times where I'd wake up at like 6:30 and be like, Hey, I don't feel like training. And I think that was kind of the start of the snowball, um, with the training, but it's not to say that, you know, the training sessions that we had weren't really good.
3: And I think uh, it, it stems back probably when I was growing up that my father would never train his family despite being the top of his game in in medicine, in, orth- in being an orthopedic surgeon. And I didn't really understand why. But as I grew older, uh, sometimes, you know, you, you kind of have to experience things yourself to learn. And not saying that it wasn't nice training Maria, of course it was. It was satisfying for me to be able to see her reach her goals. But I think the best way for us to be able to um, get through and sustain it more than anything is, as Maria said, I think if we train together, and by training together, I'm still around and I'm still there to support her and be there for her, but not necessarily in charge of the session, uh, dictating the session, or um, you know using it in, let's say, as she said earlier, prime slots where it is you know, my 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 work and obviously, you know, coming from the family that I come from, there's a lot of pressure to kind of live up to the standards that my grandfather and my father set. And I think that's probably why it's worked out best, but at the same time, we kind of know how to get the best out of each other. Um, and we've, you know, covered a lot of ground to the point where now, you know, she's got, she's she's an athlete, so the knowledge that she has and the form that she has is second to none so she doesn't really need me as much anymore.
2: Are you complimenting me, Mark? Not really. Not really.
3: No, (laughs) I am.
0: am. Oh, I love those two. (laughs) Ammar and Maria Aduri. thank you so much for that. Uh, Dr. Sheetal Kini is here. We're talking about working with your spouse. Mm -hmm. Really interesting perspective. Do you think that doctors have it right? You know, Ammar's father and grandfather, orthopedic uh, surgeons. Right. Um, You know, obviously doctors don't work on family or around family. That's a a big one. Uh, But what do you think so it's very interesting um because obviously
1: you know we hear about this a lot i mean even in my profession i cannot work with friends and family it's more of an ethical um rule actually um and typically whenever in, in any of these professions that is a mandate it's because to put it very simply you lose objectivity Exactly, right, and, and that's the thing. You you can't be objective, and then also in his case, obviously, it was a little bit different, where he was applying that same concept um, to his relationship, where he said, "If I do work with you, then I need you to respect some boundaries, and I need you to be like professional with me." Mm. Um, and she, as she said, she was sort of taking advantage of it, or she was, you know, kind of pushing those boundaries, mm. um, and that's where it's a sort of how do you make that switch between um, being a, being partners or being spouses to having that, that professional objective just kind of this is what we're here to do the work and that's that
0: um, people find it hard to do it's interesting because Iman um, Majali who is our newsreader here mm-hmm. um, she works with her fiance and she is she was very clear you know we have very clear boundaries about that. We have our work relationship as colleagues. He knows how I do things. I know how he does things. We respect that. We work around that. And then at home, it's very different. Right. So
1: I, I actually was speaking to Iman as well. And um, what she said was interesting because she said my preference is that as long as, even if we're working in the same field or in the same team or whatever it is, as long as what I'm doing is a different part of the Um, the big piece and my partner's doing another part and we're both kind of collaborating Mm. that's great yeah right but what happens when you're two therapists working in the same clinic two dentists um, two project managers or two financial analysts or you know two people who are probably in the same role um, who are working closely or collaborating. Now, um, there are two things we, w- we were discussing, which is what if in this scenario then, work impacts your relationship at home or your home stuff can
0: impact then your relationship at work. Exactly. So let's look at it one by one. And we will. We're going to come back uh, right after the half past headlines right here on Pulse95 uh, to talk what happens when uh, it all spills over from one relationship to the next. Lots more coming up here on Life Beats. This is Pulse 95. Life Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Husbands and wives working together. The pitfalls, the pros, the cons. Um, we're going through them all today with Dr. Sheetal Kini. Now, uh, let's get into uh, what we left off with, which is uh, mm-hmm. when work impact what's happening at home right
1: so essentially here's the deal where you're working with your partner collaboratively where you have input on each other's um, performance or your deliverables or whatever you have it um, and how if in case something gets said, uh, some kind of interference is, is is happening. You know, I don't like the way that you comment on my style, like my working style is different from yours. Um, why did you talk to me in that way? Why did you interfere on in a matter? Why did you go above my head and talk to the boss about something? Like there, There's so many things where if you don't have a good working relationship, that can clearly trickle down into home, right? Mm. And this is probably one of the, the biggest things that um, people are kind of wanting to stay away from. I think even earlier as we were talking about um, that if you're working together from different aspects and you're contributing to different parts of the same project, that's okay because you're not getting um, comments or criticisms from that other
0: person. Yeah. And, and you're not kind of um, uh, likely to have that friction. Exactly. 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 Especially if you have different ways
1: or very different styles, uh, different perspectives in in life in general. Mm. um, Then your working uh, methods and your working frameworks, your um, way and your style of working is also going to be different. So what do you do? Right. So what if you're in a situation where you're forced to be like in that situation where you have to work together? Um, Would you choose that? Probably not. But if you had to be in that situation, what do you do? So as I always say, communication, communication, communication that is at the heart of this. So what do you need to communicate about? So it's very important first and foremost to decide what is going to be off limits. Okay. Okay. So um, where do we draw a clear boundary where I will not interfere on this aspect of what you're doing or rather you will do this and I will do this. Mm, mm -mm. Right. And we will give each other the creative freedom and we will allow each other to be different and and it's okay, it's acceptable. Yeah. As long as whoever is our direct superior is okay with that. Exactly, yeah. So really having, I mean, I don't know how many people do have these conversations ahead of time, not after a conflict has arised, but
0: before. See, I would hate, we, we're talking about work, you know, impacting home as well, but what about home impacting work? <laughs> if you've just had a fight the night before, And then you have to come into work. (laughs) And the next day, I just see, I'm very much in that camp of no way, you know, that, that you need to keep. The, 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 the biggest boundaries possible between, you know, your personal life and your work life. Right. And sometimes then it just
1: becomes a big vicious cycle. Mm. Something at work has happened and you're fighting at home and I have to see each other at work. Da, 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 da. So um, the other thing, just before I move to the other, the other side of things, is that um, sharing what your vulnerabilities are and what your chips are on your shoulder about certain aspects of work. So if you're sensitive about a particular part of your job, then share that with your partner. I'm going to be extra sensitive about this. So please do not criticize, comment, or be extra careful when you talk about this with me.
0: You know what? I love the directness of this. It is so important. That's actually really important. It is. And we don't think about that. No, because... you know, going into an actual romantic relationship, there are things yes which we have talked about on this show Perfect. many a time yes uh, that we have to understand each other's boundaries. The same thing goes for work. Yes, exactly. And you know, you may be really good at your
1: job, and your partner may think, "What? You're vulnerable or you're you're sensitive about that? You are, you rock that. You're amazing." Well, you know what? Guess what? I am really really anxious when it comes to this i i don't think i'm good at it that's just how it is and i try really hard so please don't ever say anything that might hurt my feelings about this this one
0: thing please (laughs) that is so interesting because you know when you're in a work environment you have to perform Mm -hmm. and you have to perform every single day and there will be days when you do not feel like it or you are feeling anxious or you are feeling vulnerable but you have to put your best face forward to the entire company including your spouse Mm -hmm. and so for them to hear that that is a really big
1: thing. Yeah. And they may not know and it's not their fault, but it's just good to give them a heads up mm. that, listen, I may put on a really good act, but this particular aspect of working with Excel sheets, it's just not my thing. I hate Yet. it. <laughs> 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 so uh, let's just come up with a way of how we're going to collaborate on this. Um, so so that, that part, sensitivities and, and kind of clear boundaries of demarcation of what you do, what I do. But then the, the question is, as what you said, if you are having a fight at home and, you know, at least for a lot of people, work is their safe haven, is yes. their refuge, you know. But I think that's part of the problem. I think it's a lot easier to just be in denial about what's going on at home and bury yourself at work.
0: And you <laughs> Yeah. So how would you? True. Okay, but how would you get over that? I feel like it's just only going to make matters worse if you then have to face you know, your partner at work as well.
1: So eventually what you're going to do is eventually your problems are going to be in your face and you're going to have to deal with them. And that's what's actually more important, being in denial about it or being, you know, uh, kind of saying, it's okay, it doesn't matter, we'll deal with it later, later, later. If you see that person, and if you remember what I said to you long ago about um, how to fight fair or rather how to um, handle, uh, you know, going into the fight or flight mode and kind of getting really, really angry with each other, you need to take a break, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times people take that break and then brush the issue under the carpet never really discuss it but now next morning after your fight if you see your partner you can actually schedule some time during your lunch break after you've calmed down to sit and discuss the issue and there you go voila mm. the problem is is a little bit closer to a solution and a close then you were at work all day you're too tired now you're going to come home you're like i can't do this right now i can't sit and resolve whatever last night's fight let's just
0: so it's take just it, let it go. take advantage. take advantage. Exactly. take advantage of that time when you actually do see each other at work and just and it's it's a because it's a different environment that can kind of elicit you know a whole new way of looking at the problem. and maybe it'll force you to be civil with each other exactly. <laughs> And not kill each other, and not lose your jobs in the
2: process as well.
0: We're going to talk about uh, as well what happens, um, you know, in in terms of uh, when you're an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. That is actually different as well. Again, yes, to being two colleagues that work within a company. Mm-hmm. So we're going to come back right after the break to talk about that.
3: Pulse
0: 95. Life beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Okay, so when you're entrepreneurs and you've uh, got a company together as a husband and wife, how do you make it work? How is it different, Dr. Sheetal? um, As opposed to, you know, being colleagues who work in a company under the same boss, for example, how is it different in this case? Sure. So think about starting
1: out a business together with your spouse. Mm. Um, Usually, I mean, in the beginning, it's a lot harder as it is than um, if this is somewhere along the lines of we've been in business for 10 years, you know, it's a successful business and now you're just running it together. So in thinking about spouses starting a business together, there are a lot of factors. Um, First of all, if you just think about it logistically, you know, both of you are in this. So both of you do not have... A day job. Both of you don't have a stable salary coming in, so you're both financially strained, and you're both in the same boat mm-hmm. in terms of the financial difficulties that come along. Um, but on an emotional level, um, again, are you both making same decisions? Are you handling different aspects of the business completely? Um, trust is a big thing that comes up here. Can I rely on you to do your job right, even if you are handling another department?
0: Imagine if you're a micromanager, exactly oh goodness
1: so things that you would not even think about um if you were working for someone else's business because at the end of the day you're
0: like you know what whatever it's not my company so why should i care if it falls if it goes down i'm not responsible but here Here. the pressure is on exactly so
1: how much do you trust each other's working style matters even more how much do you uh, rely on each other um and here if you don't have a good relationship like if you are struggling in your romantic relationship as it is, it is going to be very, very difficult to be working together mm. as, you know, entrepreneurs in the same field. So this is when things are going smoothly, even how do you uh, trust each other How to rel- and work together. But think about in any business, the ups and downs right so in the beginning phases especially there are so many hardships um you need to have so many conversations around what happens if we're going through a difficult time you know if one of us is feeling really stressed out and and nervous about our future then what is the second person supposed to do if one of us is trying to be positive and the, the other person is being extremely negative then what do we do you know because I mean, any entrepreneur will tell you um, it's all about hope and all about keeping that hope alive when you're starting a business, right? You 100%. Have, it, there's so many ro- emotional roller coasters. Do we fold? Do we stay on? Do we? What do we do? Do we keep on thinking that things are going to get better or do we, you know, one person is just so freaked out about it that the other person
0: is not able to keep up? I think, uh, I mean, you know, I'd love to know what you think about this, but um, and having an outside mentor... Mm. who helps you kind of to mediate those kind of discussions because... It can be difficult if you're relying on each other's opinions and what if your opinions are split on where the business needs to go, what needs to happen next. That can be a source of incredible stress. But if you have somebody who, a third party, who's kind of sitting objectively again, you know, bringing in that objectivity from outside, that can take the stress off the relationship and, and even, you know, the business itself. So to always think about, you know, bringing somebody else that you both trust
1: and that's very interesting because i can think of a variety of ways in which you can bring somebody else so you obviously can bring a consultant on just to kind of guide you in terms of the business itself and you know what steps to take and how do you make certain decisions if you're stuck but then it would not be a bad idea to also bring an outside person as a couples therapist to help you navigate those subtleties of communication and trust and anxiety and and hope. And and how do you support each other through this
0: really stressful time? Exactly, because uh, even if you are a lone entrepreneur, You know, as we know, entrepreneurship, uh, entrepreneurs, they go through incredible depression, anxiety, uh, moments of, of personal harm when they want to do harm to themselves. You know, this is something that isn't talked about a lot, but it is. It's a reality. You want to build a great business. That's fantastic. You want to be, you know, the next Bill Gates, the next Steve Jobs. That's great. However, you know, that can take a toll personally, and obviously here, as we're talking about, on a relationship.
1: Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, if you think about it, it can be, I don't know, I mean, I'm not saying that this should happen, but if something goes down in the relationship, if, if you decide to split up, if you decide to divorce, um, then what happens with your company? I mean, you have invested for so long. How do you split the company if it's not something that can be broken up into two components. Mm. You know, how do you then keep working with each other? So many questions. If you were working for a company, someone else's, you know, you could just quit your job, worst case scenario,
0: and find a job somewhere else. What do you do when you've- Invested. Yeah,
1: you've invested, you've
0: built something from scratch together. It's a big one. It is a big one. I've uh, heard of that happening before. And some people say, well, actually, it was the best thing for our company that we split up personally. And, <laughs> and we then just became, you know, working partners rather than right. romantic partners as well. There is so many different ways it can go. It is uh, such a, an amazing discussion with you, as always, Dr. Shetel Thank you. I, I was, love it. It was a
1: pleasure for me, too. And, and I know that for every question, as I was saying, it depends, it depends, it depends.
0: But it's <laughs> So true. many facts. It's putting it out there. um, And I think kind of the most valuable thing out of all of this is thinking about the questions that you need to ask yourself and your partner as you move forward in your own relationship and your working relationship. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Lots more to come right here in the second hour of Life Beats on Pulse95. This is Pulse95.
3: Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.